from the Gospel of John, a passage that highlights many senses as Jesus mourns the death of a friend. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come here and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could he not have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you were always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Julia. So uh, the reason I had Doug talk about uh, or ask, have you asked the questions about what are your favorite Pixar movies is I'm going to show a quick clip uh, from my favorite uh, Pixar movie and should be your favorite too, and that's Ratatouille. Uh, I know Toy Story, there's Toy Story and all that, sort of, those are fine, those are good, but Ratatouille I think is one of my favorite. And one uh, of the reasons, I love the character of Anton Ego, he is a food critic, uh, and there's a scenes where they bring out a dish for him to eat, and it is the dish Ratatouille. And it's an interesting, kind of fascinating thing, what happens to him, somebody who has, of course, eaten so many meals over the years, what happens to him when he smells and eats this dish. So let's take a look. Ratatouille? They must be joking. So we saw what happened. So this is a very crotchety critic, doesn't like a whole lot, and just the transformation when he, he looked at it 
I assume he could smell it, and then he tasted it, and he was transported back to when he was a child, and those same things, what he saw, what he smelled, and what he tasted. And our senses can do that for us, especially when we think about smell, of all things. And so I was reading this article this week. I'm going to read this verbatim from this article. I don't want to get it wrong. So this, um, this is a quote uh, from, or this is uh, an article from Harvard Medical School. And this is uh, a, this is the written, or a quote from Venkatesh Murthy, who is, this is his whole title, the Raymond Leo Erickson Life Sciences Professor and Chair of the Department of Molecular and Cellular Biology at Harvard. So, smells are handled, according to this article, by what's called the olfactory bulb in our brains. So this is the structure in the front of the brain that sends information to the other parts of the body's central command for central processing. Odors take a direct route to the limbic system, and that includes the amygdala and the hippocamus, the regions related to emotion and memory. So Dr. Murphy says, the olfactory signals very quickly get to the limbic system. So when we smell something, immediately that hits our memory. And all, just like we saw in that clip, all, if we had a certain smell, all of a sudden these memories can come rushing back of all the things in our past. Hopefully good, but also perhaps sometimes you're kind of wondering if they're maybe not so good, but that's the power, that smell, and the fascination, a fascinating part of our, who we are and how we were created to be. So, Doug mentioned earlier, we've been doing this series called, the, called Divina, and we are looking at different aspects of how we can stop, slow down, and focus on all that is around us. The very uh, first Sunday uh, we talked about, this was when we were outside looking at nature, looking at our animal friends. We did Lectio Divina, looking at the words uh, in scripture. And then last week we took a, a music and we listened to the different ways that music perhaps can feed our souls and the ways that God is speaking to us. Uh, today, this is a very fancy uh, Latin word called odoratio divina, but really we're looking at all of the different senses that we are, but also smell. So what are some of our favorite smells? What is a favorite, go ahead and call it, if you're online, go ahead and type this into the chat. What are some of our favorite smells? Bread baking. Chocolate chip, chocolate chip cookies. Did I hear coffee too? Yes. What was that? Construction sites. Construction sites. All right. All right. Mints. Mints. Honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. Spring. Spring. Good earth. Good uh, earthy smell. Yeah. Jasmine. And then probably we all have our own unique smells, like someone might say grandma's house uh, or whatever a space was for you that takes you back to that place. Now, when we talk about in our faith lives, I think we miss out when we don't use all of our senses to try to get a sense of how God is speaking to us, how God is working in our own lives. I, for those who follow me on Instagram, I posted a very brief video this week about this. You know, I think sometimes in the Christian faith, we place an overemphasis on what you believe. Like, what do you intellectually assent to? Now, every, almost every church website will have 
a thing that's like what we believe. We've got one on there too. And whenever I go to a new church, I'll be honest, I usually will go to that too. Like, all right, what am I dealing with here? When I look at what a church is says they believe or don't believe or whatever. And so perhaps you all have grown up in that, like you were asked, like, do you believe this? Do you believe that? And do you believe the other thing about the Trinity, about who Jesus, about the resurrection, about who is welcome and who's not welcome in spaces, all of these different things. And so it's almost like that's the litmus test. Do you believe, do you intellectually assent to this particular thing? And when we do that, when we overemphasize that, our intellectual, which is a good part of who we are as people of faith, we miss out on so much. I would love it. Maybe we should do this at Urban Village. Like, this is what we smell about God. <laughs> this is what we taste. This is what we feel and touch. This is what we see. This is what we hear. Recognizing, of course, not everybody has all of those senses. And so we want to be thoughtful about that, too. Oh, my goodness. We miss out when we only say, what do you intellectually assent to? And we miss out on all of that other stuff. And so today I want us to focus on that. And we see it in the scriptures too. In fact, it, I was reminded of this this week. So I want to take a couple of quick passages in John. I want to reread the passage that Julia read so well earlier. But also, we know perhaps the story of Doubting Thomas, or he's known as Doubting Thomas. I like better Curious Thomas. Uh, and so this is after the resurrected Jesus appears to the disciples. John, or I don't know where Thomas was. He was out uh, getting coffee for everybody, but then he came back and like, you missed Jesus. I was like, no, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Jesus comes back. And this is, and Thomas is like, I'm not going to believe until I actually can put my hands my fingers in your hands, right? And so what does Jesus say? Does Jesus say, we know that Jesus says, do not doubt, believe, remember that? But what does Jesus say before? This is verse 27. He says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Jesus doesn't say, Thomas, you just got to believe. Check out my website. You got to do all of those things that I put on there. No. What does Jesus do? He uses the senses. Put your finger, touch me. See what you're experiencing in front of you. And so he engages the senses. And then he says, do not doubt, but believe. We put the belief part first so often. What does it mean for us to put it like, let's experience it with all of our senses first before we begin to try to put together some kind of belief statement, a belief statement that I think we should probably put maybe in pencil too because we change over the years about certain things, about what we believe. Certainly I hope that we can put in pen like God has God's love for us, but other nuances sometimes can, can change. But we see in our scripture today, now I want you to, I'm going to read it one more time. I want you to pay attention to all the different senses and think about this. So when we do Lectio Divina, we ask people, use your imagination. So pretend you are there at this, uh, in this scene. So pay attention to all the different senses that might be going on. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, come and see. Jesus began to weep. 
So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Anybody know what the King James Version of that verse says? He stinketh. He stinketh. Yes. That's one of the few times I love the King James Version. And so he stinketh. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that you may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his faith wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. What are the senses that are being engaged here? Any responses to that? What are the different senses that you imagine? The smell. Lord, he's been dead four days. He stinketh. Sight, all the different things of what's going on here. And Jesus says, see what's going on. What else? Yes. Jesus is crying out when he says, can you imagine like listening to those words, those three words, Lazarus, come out. I also mentioned the tactile, like move away the stone. The feeling of the stone that that might have People might have had to. And then taste might be a little bit, you're not quite sure, I've read about it, like maybe the taste of the tears, that saltiness. So all of the senses are being engaged in this passage, and so often we miss out on that. And also what I want to say, too, is they talk about, Lord, there's a stench here, and still there is what, life after death in the midst of the stench, amen? The things that stink in our lives and yet new life can come out of that. So we talked, I'm so grateful for what Judy had said to and how we remember our loved ones. And one of the things, one of the people, the first people I put on my cloud is my uh, grandmother. She passed away a few years ago. Her name was Carol, we named our daughter after her. And she just, for so many different reasons, she was just a pillar of faith. Uh, she married my grandfather when she was 15 uh, and raised uh, six kids. Uh, she had three boys before she was 18, including my father. And so just all of the things that she went through uh, in her life. Um, didn't get a college education, didn't do anything like that, had all kinds of different uh, jobs. But she was such a pillar of faith. And when I think about my grandmother, it's all these wonderful memories, the way that she would you know, feel and the taste of, she just a wonderful cook, but also her smell. And I tried to think, what did she smell like? It was almost like a, a, a combination of flour and soap. <laughs> just that clean smell, but also she was in the kitchen too. And these smells that come back to us, the smell of holiness, of sacredness. 
And so what we've been wanting to, you, to do for you, with you, talk about in this Divina series is for us to slow down and stop and to see nature, to slow down with the word of God, to slow down and listen to the music and to slow down, engage all of our senses, including smell, and to just stop and say, this is where the Lord is as I am experiencing this odor right now. Now, of course, we'll usually think of really wonderful smells, but as we see in the text, it's also in the stinky times that God shows up too. So my first uh, church, I've, I've said this before, I was the pastor of Riverside United Methodist Church, just a little bit south of here. And so I was brand new uh, to the ministry. So of course, when you're new in the ministry, you're experiencing all kinds of things that they don't teach you in seminary, including I went to visit this older couple named uh, Frank and Amy. Uh, and um, so they were a lovely couple. They couldn't really get out much. Uh, and so when I visited them, one of the first time, again, I was still pretty new in the ministry. And so I walked in, and they were not quite hoarders, but on the way there, uh, just so many things piled up and stuffed in so many different places and had that kind of smell of mothballs uh, in the home. And so I walked in to them. But in the midst of this kind of chaos, they were both, at the time, they were probably both in their late 80s. And so as I was there in the midst and having a nice conversation with them, uh, Amy at the time was, was struggling for lots of different reasons physically, and she was beginning the beginnings of Alzheimer's. Uh, and so Frank was the one who was really giving her care. I think their children were in the area. I don't know just how much they were present. I think they were, but I'm not 100% sure. But on this particular day, Frank needed some help. And Amy uh, was wearing adult diapers. And she needed a change. And so Frank looked at me and said, Pastor, could you help me? Now, this is definitely something they did not teach you in seminary. <laughs> And there's all kinds of, so not only like, how is this going to work, but also, you know, we understand, we get lots of training about boundaries uh, and all of these kinds of things. And I'm like, I don't know if this is appropriate. But he looked at me and he needed help. And so I did my best to be a professional about it too and just kind of held her while Frank changed her diaper. Friends, the smell was not roses and petunias that day. But it was so holy and sacred. In the midst of that, of seeing the care that Frank was giving to his wife. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, Doug asked, is there something about your job that you love? And one of the things that I love about my job is I get access to parts of people's lives that nobody else gets access to. They invite me into those spaces and those scenes that nobody else gets. And so even though it stinketh in the midst of that, what a holy moment that was for them to trust me and allow them to help in that moment. I'll never forget that smell. God has given us such a gift. Our bodies are miracles. To have these parts of the brain when we smell something and that signal goes to our memory parts of our brain and we are ushered back to different places in our lives, 
That's a miracle. Friends, we are created in this way to touch the presence of God, to smell it, to taste it, to see it, to hear it. God has given us all of these gifts. It is a good thing to think about what we believe and say yes to that. I would argue maybe it's as good, even better, to feel it and to sense it. Thanks be to God for that. Let us take the time, let us slow down and experience all that God gives to us. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for so many different ways that you come into our lives. The beauty of hearing song and lifting up our voices, the sacredness of feeling a handshake or a hug, tasting coffee after worship, the bread of communion on our tongues, seeing friends that have been with us for decades and new people that we just meet today. This is how you show us your love, and we are grateful for that. Help us to slow down that we might be overwhelmed by your presence so that we can share this love and this presence with others. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.